Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Big Monday Show. My partner, Mr. Barry Spears, be with us in just a minute. We have uh, two big derby preps to talk about. Obviously, the Forte situation, uh, the Time Lord and company with the big change on, on Sunday. So, uh, doesn't take away from Forte's win, but uh, kind of does. Uh, Age of Empire, impressive in Arkansas. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, check it out. We'll be we'll be back here in just a minute. Hey, if you haven't done it already, it's time for you to sign up for the Going in Circles Digest. Go to www.goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and click on the link to subscribe for free for the latest in stakes previews and stories and all kinds of other assorted nonsense. And I even put up some cool videos every once in a while for uh, historic purposes. Anyways, check it out. Goingincirclesdigest.substack.com it's free. It should be for you. Hey, sniper. <laughs> What's up, man? What's happening? Everything, apparently. Everything's happening, bro. It's I, like I, the I world was, ends every Monday. I, I was wondering, like, you know, you you weren't clicking over on onto the broadcast, and I was thinking maybe you're out taunting somebody no i was actually eating a um cadbury cream egg oh man and i grabbed another before i went in my office to sit down to do what we do when is is easter this weekend (laughs) yes uh what what high school did you go to yeah yeah i didn't do very well in religion actually i got yeah that was my best subject see me and the mayor and, and our friend Steve Cherry, we got assigned a front row of religion after like two classes. <laughs> Not surprised. And then we got thrown out <laughs> one day. We were talking about uh, Mecca and uh, the mayor made an obscene gesture and uh, we were <laughs> off to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> the more things change, the more things uh, stay the same. Yeah, the the mayor was at uh, the Florida Derby this this weekend. I know, causing havoc. Yeah, wreaking havoc as trying to find a shirt he could. Yeah, he called me this. Called me when he got back this afternoon. Said said he hadn't slept much. I said, yeah, hard to believe. <laughs> the fireball was flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, sounds like they had a, a good weekend. All the boys down there looked like they had a good weekend. Our, our guy Ramiro, who's mad at me because of a stupid apology, um, he he had a great weekend. I, I tell you one one thing: the greatest video I saw. I mean, this is not quite the video that you got at Pegasus of the drunk guy like circling, <laughs> uh, <laughs> circling for for landing. Um, and if anyone has not seen that video, it, it really is one of the classic videos of all time <laughs> deaf drunk guy at, at a racetrack um but uh someone posted 
I think it was an Instagram video of uh, Gustavo Delgado rooting for Mage down the stretch. And, you know, I don't know him that well, um, but I've known him for a while. And, and he's he's kind of <laughs> an under in, in a lot of ways. I think maybe a little bit because of the language barrier. But, um, uh, you know, like I was standing behind him. What was the horse that they ran uh, last year? In the, was it the Florida Derby? Uh, oh, Captain. Remember? Oh, Captain. Captain. Yeah, and he finished third. I was standing right behind him. and Didn't know he was there. Hey, but, like, you know, maybe doing a little leaning. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he looked like, like Paco trying to cut <laughs> off the field down the stretch. I mean, that was... Uh, passion though you know I, I was thinking about that this morning I think that is a big issue that this game as a whole has in that the people with the most passion are um, a lot of times not the people that need to have the, the passion you know the, the people that actually love the game believe me if you're a horse trainer you have got to have some love for the game Unless you're one of the, you know, the super trainers and you're just basically, you know, Walmart. Actually, yeah. But, but um, it, you know, the torture chamber that, that being a trainer is. And these days, it's never been worse. I mean, it's literally never been worse. The, the things that I hear about, and it's a weekly basis. Um, and I should have wrote them all down. And, and I didn't. Because, you know, I'm more unorganized and stupid. But... <laughs> The nonsense that you have to go through as a horse trainer these days, um, the amount of ridiculous <coughs> bullshit that, that you're forced to, to deal with. Huh. And, you know, in an era with fewer races, um, fewer dates, fewer owners, fewer horses, it makes everything more difficult. And it's just, uh, you know, you, you have to love it because it's torturous. And, and believe me, I really did like training horses, but it just burned me out. And that, that was as, as much as anything where I just didn't feel like I loved it anymore because it, it just was, it was just frustration at all levels. And, and uh, I, I believe that a, a lot of what we see at the top of the game and, and the top of the game is, is our most visible portion. I mean, it was what, 65,000 people at Oak Lawn on Saturday and, and, a big crowd and you know it's on national television it's not but you know you watch the owners and they all go crazy right you put the camera on them there everybody <coughs> wants to win but the fact that, that most of them treat the game as an investment and that's why we were talking on twitter about uh, a guy like jimmy jerkins Jimmy Jerkins is the best horseman. Of all the guys that you know as horsemen, he's better than them. There's no doubt in my mind. If they had like a uh, a chop for training horses, you know, like they have in the cooking channel and you get all these <laughs> and, and you just gave a guy like four different random horses, a, a five claimer, a, you know, a, a grass filly, he would win. He would beat all these other guys. He just isn't an organized person that likes to talk and, and, and he's got this nasty habit of telling the truth. 
which uh, unfortunately is something that doesn't always help you out in horse racing because I, I can guarantee you, and I'm sure every trainer that listens, which is probably like four, um, would say that most owners want the truth when it's good, when it's a good truth. When it's good news, right. Yeah. Or something that they already know. Like when you run a horse and they get beat by 40 lengths like three times in a row and you say, hey, you know, we probably should cut the you know, cut the cord on this. That one. Oh, yeah, you're good. You know, but <laughs> it, 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 it's that one that they thought was going to be something that's not. And then you kind of, unfortunately, by running them and, and generally, um, you know, running them over their heads because they're probably a maiden 25 and the guy that bought the horse for you for 175000 or more. Just can't believe he's not a runner, you know. But um, but anyways, <laughs> but no, it, it's. I, I think that's a big problem with Heisa. Heisa is a very difficult task. I, Huge. I think that that we gigantic task. Uh, that, that sometimes that, that it's understated <laughs> um, how difficult what they're trying to do is, and and a lot of it is is on them. I mean, I'm not saying that they've done this properly because they have not but i don't know how much passion people that are doing this have lisa lazarus and this is no i don't know her but she's only been into this for a year and she's making a big salary to be an administrator Uh, how much passion she has for horse racing is probably very little because you know, if you made me the head of the uh, United States Cricket Association and gave me, you know, twenty five thousand dollars a month, well, you know, I'd start following cricket. But I can't tell you that I, 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 I wouldn't sleep the night before the big match. I don't even know what they call them. I guess they call them matches, right? And and that's the thing is that I, I just I think a lot of people just do their jobs because that's what they do. And, I mean, a guy like Frank Stronic, right? Frank was kind of crazy when it came to racing. And that he had nutty ideas. And, you know, occasionally a couple of them worked, which is how most people who wind up doing something extraordinary in life are. They have a lot of ideas that don't work. And then they finally hit that one that does. But the one thing about him is he was about I mean, Frank loved racing, and and I think that that that's something that that we miss um, on a general basis these days, and that everything's business, and business is always important. Obviously, the numbers matter, and I mean, listen, we're we're, we're a we've never been more of a bottom line country as a whole, <laughs> but um. I just don't, I just don't, I think a lot of people that, that work within the industry, that participants, a lot of them are just burned out. Uh, people that work for tracks, they don't, I'll put it this way, outside of the exec, the regular day-to-day people have not really been compensated um, to the point of, of, you know, keeping up with inflation put it that way especially the ones that per diems we've talked about this before 
racing for a long, long, long time paid on. I think a lot of cases they still they do. used to didn't they used to pay uh, track announcers that way too? I believe most everyone, especially in seasonal meets, probably different at a place like Naira. There was a year round circuit. You know, you didn't have to go from different track to different track. Um, but Gulfstream, look at Gulfstream and they used to run January, February, March, half of March. Well, the people that worked at Gulfstream, they usually then they, they, a lot of them worked at, uh, like Monmouth. Uh, it was kind of a circuit. Um, and they, they'd work in New Jersey and then they'd come south, and, but they were on a per day, but, but you were working six days a week. Racing was six days a week back then. Um, you know, now, now in a lot of cases, we're, we're at two and three days a week. So a lot of the people that that still exist, that still have these jobs, they've, in order to be able to justify, you know, giving them raises, they've given them more duties. Um, and that that is something that's, it's one of those unseen things. I, I don't know how you measure it. It's difficult when... Uh, I, I remember at, at, at uh, Parks, the ladies that worked in the horse and bookkeeper. Now, this was a decade ago. When Parks got taken over, um, I don't remember all the particulars, but I remember this. When the casino got put in, they were taken off of the benefits package that they had been on for years and years and years and put on the new one. <laughs> Which cost them more salaries, and the plan that they were on, like their healthcare plan and their four hundred one, right, gave them less coverage. Was less. Mm-hmm. And I remember the lady complaining about it. She's like, you know, everyone thinks that because the track is raking in money, we're we we do worse. We you know we're now you know we're a part of a, a giant you know, large company that's getting bigger because of all these employees that work on the casino side and, and our benefits have gone down. We, we, we're getting, we're paying more for less. And, and it, I think that's the thing that goes on said. And, and it's, it's part of the reason why we have issues and things get missed and there's mistakes made. Um, and this is not condoning that. I mean, if you're doing a job, you're supposed to do it right properly. Right. But it's just one of those, you know, racing facts of life. And, uh, you know, I don't even know why, why, how, why or how I got onto that tangent. But uh, <laughs> Jimmy Jerkins, man. Jimmy Jerkins. Jimmy Jerkins should have good horses. If, if you're an owner <clears throat> and you don't have a couple horses but Jimmy Jerkins, you're just you're, you're, you're stupid. No offense. I mean, he can't work miracles, but the guy's a good trainer. You look at his record when he when he's had decent horses, he's won freaking Breeders' Cups with him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a bunch of eight hundred thousand dollar horses in a shed row. He sure doesn't have a hundred or fifty, uh, two hundred of them, and he doesn't want two hundred horses. But he'd like some some better ones, and he should have them because he's a better trainer than your trainer. Period. Your trainer might win more races. He might be more successful. He might blah, 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 blah. Because training, unfortunately, these days isn't just about horses. It's actually a small <laughs> portion about horses. and It's really about 
everything else. It's about getting <laughs> good horses. That's really all it's about, getting good horses. But if you don't have good horses, you're just doomed. But um, but anyways, uh, so you were over at Tampa. On, yeah, on uh, Saturday. This weekend on Saturday. Um, it was good. Uh, there's an event there. Uh, former NBA player Terrence Kinsey. Uh, he has an event, or at least for the past two years. I, I, I worked at it last year, helping people with uh, betting and getting them familiar with, with uh, betting and how it works and how you win money and the whole nine. Like, literally from ground zero, they uh, most of the people there didn't had never been to the races before. Um, and it's a difficult thing to do is to explain that kind of stuff to people who are brand new in a short amount of time. Um, because usually something like that, you know, you'd have to come out a couple of times to really get the gist of it, I would think. Um, but they were having a good time with music playing. Um, they were betting for, for sure, for sure. Unfortunately, they, they followed my picks, and I only had really a couple of good ones. <laughs> you buried um, I, I rallied the troops late in the day and uh, got everybody to bet this horse named Astronaut Oscar in the eighth race on Saturday and came through, paid seventeen eighty, and everybody was happy. So I'm pretty sure they're going to come back next year. Yeah. <laughs> always better to leave with a winner than to win early and then have it be drained the rest of yeah, the day. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the thing, funny thing about it is they were learning and, and as the, the races kept going, they started to get the hang of it and then they finally hit at the end and uh, it worked out. It's easy, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the proceeds for the tickets to the event, um, you know, was for a charity in, in the Tampa area. Uh, the Terrence Kinsey Foundation, um, they do a lot of good things. They they did a, uh, you know, stop gun violence march uh, a few weeks ago. They did a whole, all, all types of stuff around the community. So, you know, they're they're really doing some great things. And uh, it was a good event, good event for the city, good event for Tampa Bay Downs. You know, got some exposure, was on the TV, um, on the news interviews stuff like that so it was it was a really good thing how was the crowd crowd was excellent Excellent. always does well don't they i mean a nice day i mean they don't get humongous like you know uh, got an old time crowd right it's it's pretty crowded on you know most of the weekends are you know there's a decent crowd there it's it's not like you know like gulfstream (laughs) on a friday you might not see anybody until maybe later in the day. Right. Um, but uh, Tampa usually draws a good crowd. And, and, and it's, and it's uh, you know, a lot of locals that come out. It's not, you know, just like people coming down here to visit and stuff like that. I mean, the locals like the place. They, they frequent it. You know, I, I've gotten to know a lot of people that, that show up there every weekend. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely adore Tampa Bay Downs. It, it so much reminds me of Rockingham Park and where I started, um, you know, kind of getting into the game. 
so it, it really has a special place for me. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And, and it's, 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 you know what? And, and you don't get that. You don't get that same feeling when you're at other tracks. Like, you know, obviously I've been to Saratoga, been to Gulfstream, been to Hialeah, been to Calder, been, you know, a bunch of different tracks. And it, and it, it has a unique feel to it. <clears throat> right. You know, and I, I think that's a lot of, um, you know, of the smaller type venue that you can get to understand and learn how everything works and get to know everybody that works there. I mean, the good thing about Tampa is the jockeys know everybody that works in the offices. Everybody in the offices know all the trainers and everybody knows each other and everybody's really, really cool and get along. It's, it's, it's really a good atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. No, I like Tampa. It's always a nice track to hang out in. It is. It's really, it's just a different kind of vibe than going to Gulfstream. It's just not better or worse. It's just different, you know, yeah. and, and it's it's a good thing to have those kind of different experiences at different tracks because they're not all the same, as you know. I mean, you, you've been to a lot, like, especially the Midwest tracks. Like, when Arlington was open, that had a totally separate kind of feel to it than a place like Hawthorne. <laughs> Hawthorne correctional facility <laughs> that picture was but great. i mean that's that's you know that's part of why we we do this and why we're in the game for going to different tracks and getting those experiences and it just sucks that we're in this state of limbo that we don't know anything about anything it's just like we don't know where we're going and it's not a good feeling no no i i hear you it's uh I've been to a distressing number of tracks that no longer exist. Yeah, man. Jeez. Like a distressing number um, of you know, great tracks, too. It just It's still hard to believe. It, it, <clears throat> I mean, Pompano seems like it was 10 years ago. It was a year ago. It was, it was last literally year. Literally a year ago. Like <laughs> Not even time. a year, right? Yeah. Or coming just, up on uh, a year. A couple days ago was the anniversary right. of when Pete... The, the studio show and uh, and threatened poor John Barry and then and <laughs> John was like what <laughs> John was that heart attack um yeah it's it's uh, I mean there's no more racing in New England anymore no I mean is it no Suffolk no Rockingham cracks I was at in, in New England not Suffolk and, and Rockingham the fair um Northampton fair right. And uh, I was actually at what hell it was at, but we went to the harness races at the Vermont State Fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there was some big miles of pace that day. I was about seven. I, I I would have asked you who or who do you saw that was the heaviest driver? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't remember my I, me, I remember we were in these <laughs> time racing and, and we were in these uh like metal bleachers <laughs> football game and and it was like scorching hot. Ooh, that's my one good. my littlest brother wouldn't he kept complaining and he kept getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I don't even know where the hell that that was at. Vermont, wherever they hold the Vermont State Fair, they had, they had. Uh, I remember there was a a tractor pull, uh, a big sign for it. I remember I asked my dad, "What the hell is a tractor pull?" And he said, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I got a big fight with my dad the other day. What? Yeah, Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, uh, over over the word chalk. Uh oh. Baffert won the mile race at Oaklawn. What's the hopper? Mm. And he said something and I was like, Yeah, it's more chalk. And he says, Well, he was he was second choice. I said, Yeah, but he stole chalk. No, no, no. You can't be chalk if you're second choice. I said, Yes, you can be chalk if you're second choice. You can be chalk. Chalk is kind of chalk is it's it's not a singular thing. It's not the favorite. Just the favorite is the chalk. I mean, you could still have like a chalk number, chalky exact, the chalky results. And and he disagreed. He he, he said that that's that's not any any used some story about bookmakers writing chalk on a on the on the chalkboards. Yeah, the old school. But I mean, chalk can be a noun. It can be a right. It can be a. An adjective. It's a damn. It's a damn chalky number. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could have heard that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we had we had that conversation. <laughs> I mean, he he's not completely wrong. I guess. I mean, the idea of chalk. Oh, please don't don't let him listen. Don't let him hear that. <laughs> the idea of chalk was, you know, the favorite. But you also have a point too because. You know, what if the favorite was, let's say, one to five and second choice was six to five? Well, I, I even used, I mean, in that race, it's still chalk, right? Yeah, I, 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 I Hopper was seven to five and the favorite was six to five. Oh, yeah, it's chalk. That's chalk. I mean, it was only like five horses in the race. Scratch oh, that's even down, worse. So then he's really chalky. <laughs> See, we just used it. In different ways. That's what I mean. You know, it's there's a lot it's, of ways. It's 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 very, you know, like dynamic. It's a dynamic word. You could you know, use it in different situations. Like there's a lot of racing terminology that that racing kind of got ripped off on, and it just <laughs> never, you know, like the word upset. Upset. We don't even get credit for that. Uh, upset. Yeah. Upset was was the name of a horse. What about pick six? Pick six. Don't even get credit for that. No. So a lot of uh, a lot of things, you know, horse racing. I always point it out to my we wife get every time. I, you know, especially if I see people on TV that she might not know owns horses or is involved in the horse racing game a little bit. And I was like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yes, like, sir. It is, and I was like, "You're right. It is." Oh, Let us know. Now, <laughs> whenever people ask me to do podcasts, I always do them because, I mean, some <clears throat> if someone takes the time and, and and wants you to do the podcast for them, you know, with them, I'll always do it because why wouldn't I? You know. You sure? You, know? <laughs> you sure you want me? <laughs> you sure you want me? 
like when Joey Bianca asked me to do the one for TDN, I said, are you sure they're going to be okay? You got the right guy. You calling the right person? <laughs> I might say, you know, but um, anyways, I, uh, the North American Harness Update, guys. Mike, and I'm Mike, I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name. Yeah, I, I know Mike and Ray. <laughs> yeah. They want me to be on the podcast for, for next Monday's um, uh, Borgata series. Okay. They cover our Dockers. So I told them I would do it. And, and then I got the thing. Is it live? Is it, no, is no, it no, live? no, 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 no. Oh, it was a live stream. No, man, you guys talking about the races. No, we can't. We can't do that. But, uh, um, oh, you got some pull over Yonkers. Well, we got the going right? in circles. I don't think I got any pull anymore. <laughs> Your picture's got to be on the wall somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, probably do not. <laughs> Never hire this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> this guy and Bob Meyer, banned for life. <laughs> Bob Meyer. But uh, I, I think I think they just want like a let it ride situation where they're just going to use my selections and just, you know, X them out like, all right. He's <laughs> like, they're gonna give you the the old line, the Time Lord's favorite line from Let It Ride. What's like one? the odds on lightning? <laughs> uh, <laughs> having a very good day. I have to confess, I I have that movie on my DVR because I'm I'm an old guy and I still have cable. <clears throat> and it's on the DVR, and sometimes I watch it to fall asleep. I don't know if uh, I'll get crucified for that, but it's just what it is, man. You know, in the past, I've used that movie as kind of a qualifier. For dates? Yeah. Like, if they never heard See, of it. See, that's what I should have did. Have, How did it take me? How did it take me, like, 35 years to figure that out? Yeah, yeah. If they've never heard of it, then I gotta watch it. And if they don't like it, then yeah, she's gone. Ain't gonna last too long. Cut. <laughs> How cut can you not team. like that movie? She is cut from the team. Not even a bench player. No. But, not even um... a substitution. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they did run a couple derby preps this week. <clears throat> Only there was, of course, <laughs> controversy. At least about one of them. The Arkansas Derby. It actually got very little. Um, it seemed like the Florida Derby completely overwhelmed it for whatever reason. I guess maybe because Forte ran in it and uh, the post position and all that stuff. But um, I mean, Age of Empire ran really well, and that's two back to back. He really put it together in different places too. That's yeah. he took the show on the road. Yeah, he 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 was. I mean, good. He, he just kind of rolled by the field, and it was a pretty good field. I mean, as for this year, and listen, them guys can get me, at me all they want. The Florida Derby <laughs> was a turtle fest. All right? Like, seven of the horses got beat like 25 lengths. I mean, we there was horses. The majority of the field, we had no idea that they were even going to be entered. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't we get a quote from somebody early in the week saying, oh, "I don't know if they're all going to stay Gargan. in there." Yeah, Gargan, Gargan called them idiots. And 
I mean, Safi Joseph, he, he ran three horses who it almost looked like he entered in the wrong race. I mean, that's almost lead, one of the leading trainers or leading trainer there. Like you, I, I don't understand what they were doing. I mean, it just, they're six to win going from six furlongs to nine furlongs. Even in a bad race, even in a, in a stake race, that's not a, um, you know, a stellar version is almost impossible. I mean, Taba it did almost it. never happened. Taba did it last year. But who? Taba. Taba? Taba? Taba, yeah. But Taba's like an extraordinarily good horse. Taba won his maiden like like he was a stake horse. <laughs> One of the horses is, is he's still a maiden. Yeah, I saw that. I was one like, of them was by a stallion <coughs> who had one fold that year. That one. Yeah, it was over thirteen, I believe. Over fourteen now. I mean, it was just strange. And hey, listen, you know what? People want to enter in races. That's up to them. That's their business. They're eligible. They want to go in there. Fine. It just was strange that it was just giant collection of horses that were either coming off terrible races. Um, Billy Mott's horse <laughs> on the rail. He was coming off a terrible race where he basically pulled himself up. Um, Danny's horse, the post 12, the Dubbin and Hall, whatever his name is. Oh, he, W-N-L. he was coming off a terrible race and he ran terrible again. Um, it just was, uh, you know, a, 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 I mean, come on, coming out of the race, there's only two in there that you got to say to yourself, these are legit stake horses. Forte, well, third, first three. The top no, three. No, top three. Barry. No, top no, no. Three. you're not. No, 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 no. You're not, you're not getting the three. The three is a, is a listed stake horse, possibly. Stake horse. He's not a good horse. He's all right. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, we're disagreeing. <laughs> I disagree. I think Cyclone Mischief could be okay. Yeah. If they put him in the right place. Yeah, in the Iowa Derby. Actually, to me, Cyclone Mischief is a horse that wants to go one turn. One turn, yeah. Pat DeMaio would be perfect for him because... He's got speed, too. He he can't... If he wasn't able to... You know, the one great thing about racing is... In the in the modern era, right in this the time that we're in now, is is and and I'm guilty of it as anyone else. We're addicted to numbers, <laughs> and I thought the greatest thing about the Florida Derby was how people's perceptions changed because they mistimed the race. And oh yeah, they were like, no, whoa, well, I guess Forte didn't run that fast, and neither did Mage, and it, it, it just stuff, to man, me it was is crazy. I saw it instantly as soon as the the question the question mark came out on that figure and and the time. Everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was like everybody, everybody oh, turned man. to the Time Lord for a second. <laughs> he was he was amazing, and then after the the thing, oh. Oh, he's not. He's never gonna win in the derby. <laughs> they just jump ship. 
immediately. The same thing. The only thing. Oh, wishy washy. Was those little digits. The little digits, and all of a sudden, right? They, they went from a, a what was it, ninety-eight to a ninety-five on the buyer scale. Well, I think it probably should have been a a, a bigger drop, but should I have mean, been ninety-two, like it on par with his other efforts. But let's whatever. recall the, the 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 conversation that we had. I remember, I think it was two years ago, and then probably again last year. This this is our annual. <laughs> Speed figures are an opinion; they're not a fact. They're an opinion. They're a formula based upon a set of um, uh, factors that, as we now know, aren't always the most accurate of of things. Um, So they're not an exact side. The time of the race, well, I shouldn't say that because the time of the race used to be a fact now <laughs> it might be a fact it's a mystery it's like a a, a nancy drew mystery novel a, a like, buyer number is there's a formula but it's adjusted it's adjusted based upon factors and part of the factor is in the brain of the person who's making the, the decision to speed it up to slow it down to say that right they're gonna you know uh, the, the track slowed down, the track speeded up. We're going to break this race out, blah, 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 whatever. It's not an exact science. I'd like to, I'd like to know, you know, cause I see people like just trashing speed figures a lot. And I'd like to know if a lot of those people understand how they arrive at the figures. I mean, it, I, honestly, it's, it helped me. Like, making speed figures helped me understand the game a lot better um, when I did it. I did it for probably about a year um, just to see if I could do it, A, and see how good I was at it. Um, and I wasn't very good, but at least I understood how they arrived at those numbers. And just like you were saying, it's an opinion. It's 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 a formula. And getting to understand how to use that in conjunction with your goal of trying to make money, you have to figure out a way to to not be so um, stuck, I guess, on a, on a, on a number because it's all relative. You know, and, and most of the time that I use speed figures, and I tell you, I use buyers a lot. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a lot of it is in comparison to everybody else in the race. So even if there is a mistake, you could kind of see it. You can say that's that was an outlier performance that doesn't even make sense in this whole thing. And kind of put your line through it or, or get a bit, give it a kind of a question mark. But if you compare those numbers against everybody else in the field, you can get some answers there. And I don't think people tend to use them that way. They think it's a, it's like a magic number that, oh, well, that's what it is because that's what they're saying it is. And there's it, it's, it's organic. It's not, you know, something that's set in stone. You, you have to be able to to use that information to your advantage without being stuck on it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 
It sure does. But it's all analytical, and and usually you get that way over time, and that you know that's that's how I got that way, you know, from from dealing with these things and looking at them and seeing which horses win and and studying what horses win. I used to I used to do what they said in the books. I used to clip out the winners' past performances and glue them inside the program, so I know who won and what they looked like when they won. That's a great actually way to do it um so when, when, it, you know, when that's how we had to do it yeah right exactly you know it's, it's a lot different now but that's what i was doing when i was a kid i was I was, you know in high school <clears throat> yeah no doubt um but you know and i and i and 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 just doing that helped me along but it wasn't the end all be all you know what i mean you, you have to grow and 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 understand and and listen and pick things up from everybody I think in order to, to kind of put the, the whole puzzle together that's true I, I think that um, people like you said they get caught up in numbers in that wanting the numbers to be like a, like a, a selection and I mean last week I, I kind of broke down the race uh, with our collector why I thought our collector was a bad bet um, not only because he was going to be overbet, but you know because I, I believe that people focused on the quote unquote key race theory, and I don't think it was that key of a race. I think most of the other horses just dispersed to races that they should have won. Right, I mean, horses shouldn't get extra credit for winning races that they should win. Um, and I didn't like the the post position being in between two other speed horses because he does his best running when he's clear. Or in a forward position, and with the one right. horse was going it's, to go to the lead like no matter a, what. Yes, you know he usually gets to eat. Like when he wins like that, usually he's he's much. I, I think I, everybody else, I, and he's not really that fast. I recall every early. single one of his stake race wins on, on you know by memory, and every time he was in the clear the entire race, and yep. I said, "There's a good chance." that he's not going to be in the clear in this race. So <laughs> that was a great, you know, and, and, and I guess the, the last sentence that I wrote was that he ran great last time, but betting on horses is about who will run great this time. And at four to five, I'd rather play him to regress than to progress. And I think that's, that's, that's a hell of a line right there. It's, it, it's the, the, um, it's the art of betting. Mm. And, I think that, you know, a lot of guys want to just break everything down to numbers. And, and there's, uh, you know, we talk about the computers, but you can't be, you can't bet like they do unless you, unless you <laughs> get your own program and, 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 and plug it into the pools, you know? <clears throat> so, you know, what we have to do as you know, people, as betters, is try to, to interpret things differently we can't look at it the same if we all look at all the numbers the same and and believe me so much of the information like it's funny you talk about you know the old days when we used to have to you know go back and keep chart books and circle things and, and you know paste things like that all is available now at the job of a hat the, oh yeah the american we used to go through the um the american turf produce records to find out who siblings were and who the horse was half to and it was a tedious pain in the ass. Man. Now you can find that out in five five seconds. Not only literally can you find five it out, seconds. You can find it out with 
with their speed figures, with their numbers, what they did, everything about them. So there's so much more information that's available now. Videos is uh, like we talked about this. Well, YouTube is the greatest. But like, remember we used to have to go to the kiosks and oh, the, and, and yeah, fill out the, the little paper the and then they tapes, winding <laughs> them and rewinding them and this and that. Then you go ask, can you do it? <clears throat> a third at a time? They'd put the wrong race up and you'd be looking at it like this doesn't look right, you know. But um, I mean, you, you can find replays now and. In 45 seconds, you can you can find it. You can watch it. You can't watch the head-on of the Florida Derby this year, as the Time Lord has uh, let us know. That video seems to be the uh, the missing link of, of the year, for whatever reason. <clears throat> you know, it only featured the Derby favorite, so I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> big, big That's not important. So, Nobody wants to see so. that. No, but the video is, is something that, is is so readily available that uh, I mean Naira's website is great for video because they they not only have it in a it's set up to that you can look quickly um, but they also uh, show the pan shot and the head on shot mm-hmm. so you can get get you know different views. A um, formulator does that too. Yeah, so it's. Uh, you know, it's just so much easier now than it used to be. So now we all have more of the same information. And if you just bet who have the fastest numbers, then you're just going to bet the favorites all the time. Because <laughs> everybody's on. <laughs> Unfortunately, favorites win more than they used to. That's probably as much as anything a, a result of having smaller field sizes, um, along with other factors. But that that's probably mathematically the the one thing that that has has happened is the fields have gotten smaller and favorites won more. But uh, you have to interpret the data differently, and I think sometimes this is a mistake that that's made by connections of that own horses. In that <clears throat> you should, if you have a decent sized stable, you should have someone on your team, even unless it's you that will be brutally honest with you about your horses um and you know we always hear about the oh this guy reads the condition book better we laugh at it because it's basically a joke um especially these days when you know literally there's like one race in every condition book for your horse maybe maybe two so the idea that there's you know some guy that's sifting through uh you know pouring through condition books nationwide to find the perfect race. It's just, it's just a falsehood, but you need to really be honest with yourself about your horse's performances and you should be aggressive. I mean, the guys who are successful are aggressive and they're, they're calling their horses, um, and getting rid of a horse one race too early is better than getting stuck with one one race too late. And this isn't talking about like trying to drop a lame horse or something like that. But there are occasions where maybe you caught a track that was you'll see it all the time. You look at you look at like thoroughbreds, and you'll see a horse that runs tens and twelves and tens and twelves and tens and twelves, and they'll run a three. <laughs> well, what? The time to strike is now. You know, 
like most guys will think, oh my God, this horse is, um, you know, he's, he's moved to a new level. And if it's a young horse, sometimes that can happen. Um, but if it's a five-year-old, you know, unless there's a trainer that, that, you know, carries a magic wand in his back pocket, you know, <laughs> the guys we're talking about, um, then, you know, it's all bets off. But, <laughs> I call those the Hogwarts specials. Yeah, you you, you got to be aggressive. <laughs> you got to realize that that three is probably not coming back. That's not solid number. No, you know the, the, <laughs> it, it it probably was the result of um, a perfect condition. The track was perfect for your horse. The setup was perfect. Uh, w- w- everything worked out for whatever reason. And you never know; the number might be off. Anyways, maybe they had it two two points too high. Yeah, it um, happens with buyers too. I mean, you, you'll see a horse that runs consistently, probably in the mid to lower seventies, and then jump up and run like a ninety-five, and you're like, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, and it's usually not solid. It. It's usually a perfect trip or something like that, and and that's how you can effectively explain some of those things. But you know, you have to make your own assessment, and you have to know what you're looking at, and and I think that's some of the problems that some horse players have is they have a preconceived notion about what they're looking at and it doesn't expand to the bigger picture for when they go to try to bet. They get less creative instead of more creative. Bayer explains that in one of his early books in that uh, gives an example, uh, I believe I haven't read him in a long time, but of a speed duel, a horse sitting third behind a, a, a you know a cutthroat speed duel. Yes, he does. He definitely does. And they go super fast, and they collapse. And the, the horse laying third gets a perfect trip, inherits the lead. The two on the lead that were battling back up, creating you know chaos in behind them, which benefits the horse who inherited the lead. And, right, and he and wins by ten. Yeah, he gets a super number, but it was it was it was a number that was gained by. Um, Optimal circumstances. Optimal circumstances. You could not get any better than that. I mean, and and you see speed horses get it sometimes. You see closures get it. I, I remember I, I I I did a show somewhere, and it was a, a lone closer situation where everybody on paper had speed except for one horse, and and it played out exactly like that. Um, and the horse got a, a really good number, but it, it's not like it's it's not phony, but it's just one of those things you have to understand what you're looking at. So when that horse does come back to the races, you're like, oh, yeah, that was the perfect trip. I'm not buying that. No, uh, it was like, um, you know, this weekend in the Arkansas Derby, Red Roof Inn. <laughs> <laughs> Put the blinkers on. What's his name? Red 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 Route, Route One. Yeah, right? Red Route One. I don't. I call him Red Roof. Red Roof. That's man. easier. <laughs> easier so, to remember. Actually, I mean, I, I I hate deep closers blinkers on. I hate it because it never works. It literally never freaking works. And I'm sure somebody's going to go into database and they're going to say, "Oh, find it's a, a situation where it yeah, works. yeah." Will Rogers the other day with the horse is always 13 lengths off the page at the half mile pole, and he had a blinkers and he won that Oklahoma Brit. You know, I don't want to hear it. Well, that's the crazy thing about horse players is they talk. Horse players talk in absolutes a lot. And 
when <laughs> and when it really comes down to it, you can't be that way when you're analyzing races. You can't say it's always this way or never because it's just it's just not how it works. Some horses, when you add blinkers, for whatever reason, they naturally stay closer to the pace and are still able to finish. But with deep closers, it seems like when you add blinkers that they get slower, they, they, they don't have the same, you know, and maybe it has nothing to do with it. Maybe it's a figment of my imagination, but I can remember a thousand cases. Well, you know, a couple that a um, couple thousand it happened. And, and I can hardly remember anything because this has been like a pet peeve of mine for a long time. That, you know, the addition, adding blinkers, and all, that's just how they want to run. You know, it's just how, how they're maybe even a, a, a physiological thing. Um, but, um, no, I thought Age of Empire was, was really good. And, um, a lot better than he's getting any publicity for. Yeah. I think. yeah. Well, you know, he, he kind of was just okay. And then that last race, and Luis Saez rode him perfectly in the Risen Star. And I, I think I fell a little bit victim to, you know what? He got a perfect race in a, in a race that was uh, a lot of other horses did not get perfect trips. Um, and it wasn't a perfect trip, but it was a well, fortunate trip. Everything kind of worked out for him in that race and and he made such a big leap uh from he was running like i don't know eight on the thoroughbreds to three and or two and three quarters or so it was like ugh. right you can't you, how can you trust it when, when you got to see what, what where he ends up when a horse makes a big leap like that under ideal circumstances and i think sometimes we all get in the habit of of downgrading a horse because they got a good trip a lot of times Good horses get good trips because they have tactical speed or they have uh, ability to, to accelerate uh, quicker than than other horses because they're good horses. Um, but I well, that's the difference because he just motored by the field, and it was a pretty good field, man. It, it was it, there was some decent horses. There was better horses in that race than there were at the Florida Derby by far. I mean, and I think Rocket can, uh, and it's always a danger in trying to use one horse as, as a a guide as to where you know the the Florida horses are versus the Arkansas versus Louisiana, blah blah blah. But I mean, Rocket Can you ran by Rocket Can on the turn like <laughs> like was, he was standing, yeah, like he was tied to the rail. You blew by him. Um, I thought Reincarnate ran kind of spotty race. It was actually a race that that reminded me a little bit of of, of Medina Spirits. Um, Final Derby prep, but I mean, at the at, turning for home, I thought Reincarnate was going to like back through the field and be nowhere. If you thought if you told me he was going to be third in there, I said, no way, no way. I mean, look, it looked like, um, what's the horse who was on the lead? Eagle something. Oh yeah. <laughs> The, that magic guy, his uh, it looked like he had put reincarnate away, because reincarnate chased that horse the entire race, and as they came to the quarter pole, the other one kind of got a little separation on him, and it looked like Rocket Can was gonna make a move, but then he never really made a move. He fizzled out. <laughs> yeah, and, and Age of Empire just kind of 
ran on by and swooped and by everybody. Cracked, yeah. cracked him a couple of times left-handed and got him straightened out. And he, 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 they weren't catching him at the end. He was, he was getting further ahead. But yeah, I, I thought reincarnate. You know, I, I thought Johnny V put him in the perfect spot for him to run, and he just didn't do it. Yeah, uh, he, he's just. I thought he was well placed. And if he was going to run on, he was going to run on. And if he didn't, he didn't. And he kind of really didn't. I mean, no, I mean, really no excuse. Hey, I, hey, I, you know what? I couldn't come up with an excuse for him. You know what I would do if I were if I were them? I'd run him in the derby and I'd put him on the lead. Because he's got his, the best race he's run Yeah, was on the lead. And... Well, that was my thing is maybe they're trying to lean and he's just not fast enough. If you think about it, I, I, well, the race before that was the muddy track race. And, and you know, we had talked about this. Uh, yeah, we were going to give him, we were going to give him a pass because, because he, gotta, that he didn't get race. a great trip. He, yeah. he, he were, he, you know, he ran on a, a sloppy track. And, you know, these days in Southern California, if you're based in Southern California, they don't even let you train on, on, on sloppy tracks. You can jog, but you can't even gallop or breeze on them. So it's it's a little bit of an unfamiliar surface for those horses. Um, so like you said, gave him a pass for that because he actually ran pretty good that race. But I, I would I would send them to the lead. I mean, every That's- one of these Derby preps, if you think about the last couple, um, the horses that are showing early pace in these races, uh, nobody's. Nobody's making it into the derby. Hmm. It's almost all closers. Well, then we got the uh, the Japanese X Factor, though. <laughs> God knows, God knows. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't like those horses coming from the UAE Derby. Not because they're Japanese. Not because um, of any other reason other than the fact that it's a tremendous amount of travel for a young horse. These are not four or five year old horses. These are young horses, and to go from Japan to to Dubai, back to Japan, and then back to the United States, that's that's a tremendous amount of travel, and uh, I think that one of the primary reasons why horses from um, from that race don't do so well is the travel, and. I mean, maybe we don't really have a definitive reason why anything happens, right? I mean, we can just go by trends. So, you know, even though every year I say there, there are no Derby trends because it's a completely different crew of horses every year on, on a completely different you know, set of circumstances. But um, I think the travel is difficult on those horses. And, you know, It's a tough task. I'll be yeah. interested to see how the Japanese horse does at Santa Anita. Honestly, if I think, I think the best way to to win the Kentucky Derby is to have your final prep in the United States, not overseas. Um, come over here, bold arrangement. He didn't get the job done, but. 1986. He came over for the bluegrass. 
and he ran into bluegrass. He came from England um, and uh, qualified for the Derby. Had There was different, you know, it was purse earnings, not, not points. And ran back in, in the, um, I believe he was second to Ferdinand. Huh. But I think that's, that. if you're going to do it from overseas, I think that's how you're going to have to do it. The Breeders' Cup is a different story, man. The Breeders' Cup is is just, um, it's it's just a different story. The 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 Derby is is just a different race. You know, it's twenty horses. You just can't. Um, you have to be a hundred percent because there's just so many things that can go wrong. But um. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mean, personally, I, I will probably throw all the foreign horses out until they they prove that they can, you know, succeed. I'm just not going to use them. Yeah. Now, uh, last year, they impacted the race. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they really kind of threw a monkey wrench in everything last year. But they weren't around at the end. No, not even close. No, so I, I, I just, uh, to me, that's just my, my feeling is that, uh, and you know, the one Japanese horse might come <clears throat> over here, and, and and that might be his style. Just, you know, go to the lead as fast as you can, see what happens. But it's it's so crazy to me, like, you know, trying to fit those pieces with foreign horses over here especially on the dirt it's just like it's wild like i i just don't understand that's one thing i have to learn more about and get to know is is how that kind of translates because you know i i watch japanese races all the time but i couldn't look at a race or any particular race in in japan and say Hey, those horses would fit in this class at this track. I just don't know, you know, and and it's it's a tough read. Like I I just don't know how comparable it is because, like you were telling me before, like South American horses, it's like, how do you know which ones are gonna fit here when they bring them here? Like when when Ron McAnally was doing it, somehow he would get the best ones and and ones that would fit. How did how did he know? Uh, I think Ron had a had a good source. He must have those horses. You know, for for a while, though, they were a steady source of top. I mean, Bayakoa, Pasiana, Siphon, Siphon. Gentleman. Jesus. I mean, it, it was a Candy Ride. Just like an un, forget you know, candy like ride a was a South American horse. Candy yeah. Ride was was uh, Argentina, um, and Candy Ride was also undefeated. He was six. Yes. But um, you know the uh, the story I always heard was that uh, those horses were all pretty reasonably priced at one point, and then as they started coming up and, and being successful, the prices <laughs> went up along along alongside. But um, you never really know how how you know how the horse is going to adapt. There's so many unknown variables. There's so many unknown variables in racing when you're with the horses every day. 
there's still a <laughs> lot of unknown. Right. Imagine a, a better just strictly like looking at this shit on paper and in, on the computer. It's like training is tough. training horses is, is a lot of educated guessing. There's a lot of guesswork, man. It just is. The horses can't talk. Even if they could talk, they might lie. Nah, I don't feel that good. I think I'll go back in here and eat some hay. And then, but um, <laughs> but no, I thought Age of Empire ran well. Definitely did. It was funny they had the last future book, and it closed Saturday at six, which was prior to the Florida Derby or the Arkansas Derby running. Uh, and Age of Empire, I believe, went off twenty nine to one. And I believe Forte went off five to two. Hmm. And I got a question for you. Uh oh. If you could have had a hundred to win on one or the other, who are you taking? Angel of Empire. Well, I probably shouldn't ask you because I knew you were gonna take no, you no, always no question about it. Yeah, and and you know <laughs> but it, it's like Angel of Empire is one of those horses that is flying right underneath the radar because even mage is going to probably take or, or be more of a quote unquote contender with a lot of people before angel of empire, I think, but you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, but he ran really quietly solid races, two solid races back to back kind of quietly. And, and those horses usually are dangerous if, you know, because they get forgotten a little bit. True that. Um, so, I mean, now we're, we're looking at the, uh, we're looking at the Florida Derby probably in a little bit of a different light as, you know, per the reasons we already kind of spoke about with the timing <clears> issues. <throat> and, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, David, who who picked up on it, who woke Craig up out of a deep slumber from <laughs> pickleball hangover, um, and then got Randy Moss, the ball guy, not the football player, to uh... <laughs> wildly different spectrums there. <laughs> Two total opposite dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randy Moss, the foot player, he's he's a sheets guy. He doesn't use the fires. <laughs> No, man, I just want one number. I want one number for everything. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. I went to Marshall University. Um, <laughs> it is crazy he went to Marshall. I mean, you it's could crazy. play Randy play hoops with, with, uh, <laughs> with the guy that lives here. You could make a case that Randy Moss was, was legitimately as good of a receiver as there ever has been. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe there's others better, and Jerry Rice is always Jerry Rice. I mean, you know, he's got that status, so we're not trying to get anybody upset. But, I mean, legitimately, he, he – if you were playing a game and you could take he, a, a receiver of anybody – any receiver ever in history, he would not be a bad choice. Um, and he went to Marshall. Yeah, but he played with Jason Williams in high school. Yeah. Chocolate, chocolate, not chocolate, chocolate Who, thunder. Coincidentally, white chocolate, chocolate thunder was Daryl Dawkins. I think he lives in Orlando still. Jason, <clears throat> Jason Williams. Yeah, I used to see him in, in a league up in Sanford a few years ago. He was 
giving out work as a retiree. We should bring him in for the horse racing Twitter basketball game that never happens. Yeah, just get him some glasses. Yeah. Nobody know know who he is. <laughs> Tell everybody that's the professor. And he's not yeah, he's not that tall, so it's like Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um <laughs> my chain of thought or my train of thought was completely off. Um, people keep texting me. I don't care about this basketball game. Which one? San Diego State versus. Oh, oh tonight? No, nobody wants to watch that shit. It's, uh, it's, it's. No one cares. Um. 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 um, um. Oh, the Florida Derby. So I guess as you know, we kind of know all the changes have been made, and um. I mean, what do you make of it? Well, I have a lot to say about this. No, there we um, go. Uh, well, I I think that you know, Forte really showed some good things and some bad things in that race. We'll start with the bad news. Breaks kind of slow, which can't be a good thing going into a twenty horse race. <laughs> um. I guess that that was really the only bad part about it, his his whole Florida Derby, because he did something, or at least Irad did something that I thought was was very good, and and this is a testament to him knowing his horse and who he's riding and what they can do. Um, on the far turn when he was kind of he was kind of gathering a little bit of momentum and got stopped a little bit and mage who was behind him funny enough you know didn't have that on the bingo card um made a move wider than him got in front of him and iron had to slow down almost like stop and then go around which was kind of impressive for a horse you know um for for a three-year-old to to be able to do that with poise and then able to able to run him down, which was really 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 impressive. I, I mean, there's no question he can get the distance, um, but you you really have to wonder about him breaking well enough in in a twenty horse field to not get a horrific trip. Because the only reason he got that trip and still won is because everybody else was so bad. Besides the top three, two for you, two, and that's almost like the Tappet Trice thing. Tappet Trice was so good, he's so much better than everybody else. He could have a, a terrible start like that, a terrible trip, and still win going away. If you get horses that are comparable or with better speed, so on and so forth, I don't think Forte will be able to do that. Um, you know, and then, you know, you got to consider other factors that are going to play into this, like post position on Derby day, things like that. But just the raw understanding of the race, he breaks slowly. It might be a wrap. I have a comparison for Forte's race and it's, it's not a flattering one. 
And I, <laughs> I can't believe that no one has brought this up. Uh-oh. But, I mean, it wasn't the exact same circumstances. It was, it was the fountain of youth. It wasn't the Florida Derby. Uh, simplification last year. Oh. Greatest honor. Ah, yeah. Remember Greatest Honor? He was winning the races, but his speed figures weren't all that great. Yeah. And the race in the Fountain of Youth where he looked hopelessly beaten. Right, until he got on the to the turn, outside. Until he <laughs> finally kind of angled to the outside and then just kind of, you know, warmed down at the end. And and then he came back in the Florida Derby and he ran third because he wasn't able to do that against better horses and no one agenda was, was just a better horse than what had been in uh, the Fountain of Youth. But that's kind of what I was thinking Saturday night when I replayed that race a couple times and I said, you know, it's not exactly the same, but it's got the same elements of a horse who is just better than the other horses. And he mm. finally got clear and he just outclassed them in the stretch. And I think that's my my take on on Forte. And I think Madge ran a, a, a good race, a really strong race. I don't want to take anything away from him because I don't want them guys to 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 want anymore. And call me to Shannon Sharp of horse racing. Which is better <laughs> which is far better better than, than Skip you know. Bayless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but his issue is obviously he's got three starts. He's got two starts where he broke slow. And he didn't break slow first time. Um, but um, he ran a really good race. Mm-hmm. Really good race. Luis Hayes might have moved a little early on him. And you got to remember, too, that Forte, even though this is only his second start um, of the year, he, as a horse that had a bunch of starts coming into the year, uh, the fitness levels, he was probably able to get to a higher fitness level quicker because he had all that foundation. I mean, <coughs> at 10.30 at, at, uh, on Pegasus Day, we didn't, we didn't know who the hell Mage was. Pegasus Day wasn't that long ago. I did. It was January 28th. Your boy knows. <laughs> so, walked, in the, walked in the joint betting that one. But, um, uh, you know, he's had a seven for a long race, which was, and then he had the race, uh, where he, he finished fourth last time and it looked like he got tired last time, you know, he got tired late. Um, even though there was some subtle trouble he had in the stretch that I think cost him third in the fountain of youth, he would have, he would have beat the other horse, mm. um, the, the, the horse that should be going to the bad day mile. Um, he would have he would have caught him had he not had to kind of steady a little bit. I saw but, somebody compare uh, Forte's past performances to Orb prior to the Derby, and they're kind of similar, except for the fact that. Orb got accidentally fit by not winning 
or not breaking his maiden for like four or five starts. And he was running, I think he, he was flip-flopping between like six and seven furlongs and a mile. Yeah. And then he finally broke his maiden uh, at Aqueduct and then kind of just steadily progressed from there. But I don't think without that, those losing efforts, <laughs> he would have been fit enough to run in the Derby. You know, it's, or, such a, it's something we talked about before. It, yeah. If you think about it, how many of the horses that were super impressive maiden winners last year, um, you know, this year you can't find them or they're just coming back. Extra Neho just 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 started working again. Yeah. Um, Loggins hasn't hasn't recorded a work. Cave Rock took up all the, you know, it, it almost seems like the horses that don't, that aren't the swift hitter specials that, you know, just remember, you're never going to see Secretariat again. You came close a little bit with Flightline, but Flightline didn't run as a two-year-old. Flightline didn't run until late in his three-year-old year. Late. You're not going to see it. It's never going to happen again. Just understand that. But also, don't forget, Secretary got beat first time. And he ran, what, seven starts as a two-year-old? Not that that's <laughs> going to happen again. But those those flashy maiden winners that, that win impressively and get huge numbers and everybody starts thinking, you know, oh, my God, this horse is going to be the next. They almost never do. They almost never do. They, they Then they get treated with kid gloves. Like you said, you run in a maiden, you get beat. You run another maiden, you get beat. You run a, when they're maidens, guys have no problem running them every month, every three, four weeks. No problem. It's like almost uh, <laughs> second nature, right? Because they're quote-unquote maidens. Right, they don't even think twice about it. <laughs> and if they win, uh, uh, we're going to map out a two-race campaign. Then we're going to give him two months off. Then we're going to bring him back. And we're going to want. I mean, if he was it's a maiden, laughable, but it's run so every tr- month. That's so true. It, it's ridiculous on top of everything else. And understand that the, the, the reason why you want your horses to win first time out in a flashy manner is financial. It's because, hell, there's horses these days. After they break your maiden impressively, right, get sold. They get right pieces of them get sold. So that's I, I never criticize a person for for taking the money. That's you know what, it's expensive game even for billionaires. It's still an expensive business. It's not cheap. These people put a lot of money into it. So you know what, they want to take the money. That's fine. Personally, I wish they wouldn't. I wish they would just say, you know what. I can't me on the track. You know what? When they, when they bury me, they can't. They can't. They're not going to line my coffin with with the hundred dollar bills. So you know what? Let's just screw it. But um, yeah. So don't think that we're we're you know like naive to the fact that we get it. That's why. That's why most shit happens in this game. It's why we talked about. There's a difference between having a passion to try to make money and having a passion for the game. They're two different things. Two different things but no that that that's who forte reminds me of and it's not a a i mean i guess it's kind of like a criticism a little bit right but no i mean it you know he's always been to me he's always been a very good horse but he's Mm. a great horse to me he's been a, a very good horse he's he's done what uh what what they've what they put on his plate he's eating it right 
outside mm-hmm. of the the Sanford where he kind of just got lost in the shuffle in a sprint race. Still ran good there though. Yeah, he, he did okay. You know, he just wasn't. He, he had it's a, not his bag. That's not really no. what he's he's good at. That's not his specialty. But you know, like I said, everything that he's been, every race he's been in, he won, except for the one. So it, it's hard to criticize horses that, that win to get the job done. But it just feels like there's a ceiling for him, and he might be at it. That's what I was thinking too. Is that you know, can he run? better than what he ran on Saturday. And I don't think he could, he might be able to. Um, I'm not sure though. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards he probably can't, but he may not have to run that good in order to win the Derby. <laughs> I have a, I would like to get Todd in a room and lock the doors and have it be like, uh, you know, the room with the, uh, the dark room with the, the, the one light bulb hanging down from the ceiling. <laughs> interrogating him. Yeah, all right. The interrogation room. And ask him, <laughs> you have to see, you, you, we're going to waterboard you if you don't give us the the, the, the truth. Well, did you have this horse cranked up for this race? I know the Derby's the ultimate goal. But are you thinking triple crown with him? Like, are you trying to conserve a little bit to keep or or – was you know you're just trying to move him just along a derby the play right you know and and don't give us trainer speak just say listen man i could have had him tighter than this and but i thought to myself we got enough points and hey you know what uh let's just get a good race if you win we really want to win but um he'll be better for it next time well that's why i kind of thought you know for half a second that you know, they really didn't, it didn't matter whether they won the Florida Derby or not. As long as he, he got enough out of the race and kind of moved him forward. And when he was kind of, he was, he was a good <laughs> ways back at the top of the stretch. He wasn't like right up on Mage. He had to, he had to work. Oh. And that was kind of concerning after the fact. I was like, you know, obviously you watch the race. It was like, man, that was a really good race. It was good to watch so on and so forth but then it's like he looked like he he was all out well todd might have been okay with like running second but i'm sure it i'm sure his oh. owner would not have been okay with that yeah but if if todd would have the like owner he hey to, uh, you know you sacrificed the, know, the florida derby win I, for a dirt, i don't, I don't think know. ripoli's you know, Rapoli was on a on a podcast recently, and, and you know, com- I guess complaining that he wasn't on any boards. He wasn't asked to be on any boards, and well, part of it is because Mike is <laughs> Mike's been a, a wildly successful guy. I mean, you know, like everything business wise, he touches seems like it turns to gold, which is great. He's done great in horse racing, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to be. Uh, Sitting in a room with eight other people that are going to build a consensus. He, he, he seems like a guy's going to say, "This is no. how we're doing it. We're, we're not going to do this." You know, so that that's you know he is what he is. I mean, and he, and he likes to win, and who the hell doesn't? You know. Yeah, but, I, I think maybe Todd could have. I I don't know. I, I just I got a feeling that like maybe this is this is who he is right that that's that's i'm, I'm on i'm on the same page I, I i don't know how much better he can get off of that and you know mage to be in forte's league already 
is is a is a real feather in her cap. And Gustavo Delgado has done a tremendous job. You know, he's a guy that puts his own money up. Number one, that DMD thing, whatever. Then yeah. that's him. So you know, he's just putting his own money in. Uh, the second thing is, you know, every year on the Florida Derby Trail, he's kind of like the Keith DeSormo, uh, <laughs> Spanish-speaking Keith DeSormo. You know, every year Keith DeSormo has. Comes up with a, a smaller priced horse yeah. that off the radar right. that, that can run. Now, Madge wasn't necessarily a smaller priced horse, but every no. year Delgado has a, a contender and they run good. Uh, he hasn't won one yet. He was damn close to winning. He's going to get there. But every it seems like every year he's got a horse that's in the running and they, they, they fire their races, their, their shots in the bigger races. That to me is the sign of a good trainer. It's a guy that's getting his horses to run when uh, the chips are down. And in some cases, he might just need better horses. Um, you know, we all need better horses, right? But mm. <laughs> when you're fighting guys, when you're on the racetrack and the other guys have um, a really deep roster, Todd Pletcher, Bob Baffert, uh, Chad Brown, you know, I guess Chad Brown's kind of absent. And, and I wish someone would please tell me what happened to his horse was, was, does anyone know like why that horse suddenly just turned into a pumpkin? The horse that won the champagne. Who? Oh, I don't know. He ran terrible in the Fountain of Youth, and 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 like, did no one ask him a question and said like, "Hey, uh, your horse was second choice in the Fountain of Youth. It was, you know, like fifth choice in the Derby Futures. You got beat thirty lengths and nothing. Nothing. What about a bond? What about that guy? Man, jeez. Who? Just a bond. Who's a bond? Yeah, exactly. The horse that had the prime set up for like the last four races and, and couldn't hold on to the lead oh, yeah. after running a hole in the wind I last winter. He, he retired. <laughs> Unofficially. He retired. He just didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't inform the connections. They're just. Or Pletcher, hey, I, don't I know mean, if you talk about this, a uh, drop off. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but I've retired, and uh, you can keep putting me in these races, but <laughs> it ain't happening no more. You know, I might run for a couple of furlongs, and then I'm gonna stop. Yeah, so yeah. just be uh, prepared. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like you know make a little bit of race for it, but I gotta tell you that last lap ain't happening, man. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Send me to Uruguay to stand stud. It's good in warm-ups, though. He looked good in warm-ups. Anything uh, on the undercard strike your fancy? Either track? Uh, No, it was just a lot of chalk at Gulfstream. Weyburn was impressive. Likes to win on Florida Derby Day. He does. Therapist hurt my feelings. Didn't think he could get the distance, and he beat me. I like Bay Street money. Every time there's there's a, a turf a marathon, tough beat, man. I was I was kind of upset at that one. You you basically need like a Ouija board to figure out which Mike Maker horse is gonna be good that day. <laughs> there's always gonna be three of them. They're all right, and you don't want to throw away any money. You don't want to. Yeah, they're all gonna be eight, and 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 you know geldings with fifty two lifetime starts. But 
one of them is going to be good that day. And I got to tell you, I ain't figured out how to tell which one's going to be good yet. I'd like to know if there's anybody out there that knows this, this secret formula, please do tell. The Mike Maker Turf Marathon Conundrum. It's not that he doesn't win them. He does all the time. But it's hard to figure out which one. Because I consistently go to the wrong one. Maybe I'll just do like, I'll handicap the race and the one I like. I'll just throw that one out and then use the one I don't want. Use the other ones. <laughs> the reverse the reverse mush. Yeah. I'm telling you, that, that's what the guys are doing for, for the Borgata series next, on, their, on the podcast. They're just going to take my picks and they're going to fade them. And you know what? That's probably a smart move. Um, side note, Kathleen O looked the same. <laughs> hey, one good thing about <laughs> Kathleen O, she has the ability to hang at any track you race her at. Apparently so, because she just she just gets too far behind. Yeah, she's it's tough. It's tough. You need a lot of things to work. You need the track to be able to. You know, to, to play in your favor that day, you need to pace. You need to not get shut off. Well, that's like the in the same mold of, of Tappet Trice and uh, Julia Shining. I mean, they all run that way, and they're vulnerable every time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think there's a situation or too many where I'm taking Julia Shining. No, I mean, well, she not always... many. She's gonna be overbet most of the time, right? And though I guess if she keeps losing, she she'll stop getting overbet. No, I doubt that. Uh, She's just one of those horses that because she won, when she won, where she won, it's imprinted in some people's brain that this horse is good and will always be good, and they're gonna bet regardless. I'd like to. Know. I hope so. At least that's wishful thinking on my part. Because I would I like to know, look, looking at the Gulfstream Park Oaks again, why was Miracle sitting fifth? Yeah, I still don't understand that. That that was that that whole race just the, it was the weird. Whole, it, the whole race baffled me. It was weird. The whole thing. Yeah, that that was a very strange race. Very odd. Um, I thought uh, it was interesting to see that the stewards at Oaklawn have suddenly decided to start doing their jobs. They find Johnny oh, Court five hundred bucks for kind of a little bit of an, a little bit of an elbow. Well, it's not much, but uh, definitely needed to be talked to. Well, you know, he took five hundred, and then uh, our guy Fufu got got. Two days for for a winning ride. Uh-huh. I remember I, I I called her or texted you right after. <laughs> yeah, you said it. <laughs> the clover horse, because I thought the clover horse was a lock. I was shocked he was nine to five, and it was a situation. And this is what it does to you. This is what the late odds changes do to you. It makes you rethink everything because you're waiting for the odds to drop. And it doesn't happen, and it freaks you out. <laughs> like, what did I miss? I'm some. I did. I'm thinking. Am I? I'm like, am I wrong about this? But this horse kind of survived the the speed duel. You know, the the early pace, the meltdown at, at the Gotham. I mean, he was fourth by what eight lengths. 
but a lot of the other ones were way back. Farther than that. Yeah, they were like 10th, 11th, and 12th. And I, I think that, you know, the two turns, getting inside the rail, I, I didn't think it was much of the horse, the Asmussen horse, it was uh, the favorite. He, you know, on, the, on speed figures, he's not really that fast. So, I mean, nine to five seemed, in a five-horse field, it just seemed too easy. <laughs> um, and then I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, you know, and it never comes. I'm like, screw it. So I made my bet. I bet the horse to win, win only. And um, I, even during the running of the race, I swear, I'm, I'm he's sitting third on the inside, and I'm like, I know this is going to click down to six to five. I know, or even it's going to happen, and it, it never did happen. And the funny thing about the decision to give him days was I thought he got bitched out a little bit. <laughs> right. Like he he kind of came over on him and he kind of like checked. And he kind of backed out. Yeah, he kind of like was a little overly dramatic and, and I, I didn't think I, I, I was I was surprised they gave him days but but they should be giving days to more people. You right. want to get guys to ride better? You want to get them to ride cleaner? Then then show them that you're watching by by finding them, suspending them. It's the only way it'll work. I, I don't know. I have no idea how other any other way that you're gonna be able to do that without like being like track and field and having like chalk outlines of the the racing lanes. <laughs> so thought that was an overlay man and that's a case where because i think sometimes it gets misinterpreted when people think that like like we just bet um you know 100 to one shots all the time no but there are times when a horse was nine to five who to me should have been even money in a five horse field it just is that's a good bet i mean that those are the things you like those are the opportunities that you you sit and you wait for um, and it, you know it all worked out, but but I, I I do like stewards being proactive, and you know even if they have to be a little over aggressive in the beginning, that that's that's how you you get the rough riding to a minimum by making your concept you know creating a situation where there's consequences. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's only logical. It's just they got to do it. <laughs> you know, don't really see any consistency with it. You know, every time, you know, sometimes when things flare up on Twitter, they get conscious and then you'll see something happen and then you won't see it again for, an, you know, a while. Yeah. But it's not dealt with with the same kind of emphasis, passion, what have you. And then things go back to the way they were. Uh, sad but true. Sad but true. I mean, this weekend, uh, we have uh, the wood. Mm. Bluegrass. The bluegrass and the Sanity uh, Handicap. No, 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 we do not have Sanity Handicap. We have the Sanity Derby. Sanity sir. Handicap has, been, uh, has already been run. Yes. So this will be it. Really. I guess there, there might be somebody trying to sneak in through the Lexington. Who? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But uh, 
the races will be drawn. Early. I mean, nobody. It's like nowadays, nobody wants to run that short. You know, like I don't know. yeah, well, you know, guys trying to get in. <clears throat> Excuse me, the desperation. Trying to get those, you know, guys sitting there with thirty-four points. And if if all the Europeans and Japanese horses come over this year, then you're on the outside looking in, bro. Yeah, there's going to be less slots to get involved with. I watched some chicks basketball yesterday, which is something that doesn't happen very often. And uh, my first reaction was, man, things really are equal these days. Women refs can be just as brutally bad as the men refs. <laughs> what a whistle fest. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot, like, of, lot of question. Why do women play four 10-minute quarters instead of playing two halves? Is it like is there a reason why they do that? I mean, I mean obviously there's a reason, but does anybody know what the reason is? Nope. No Personally, clue. I like the quarters better than the half, but, but yeah, it 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 creates a different sort of uh, continuity to the game. I mean, is you know with the twenty minute halves, it kind of ends up being four quarters anyway, TV timeouts and so on. So they might as well just go to that with the shot clock and keep I, it moving. I remember I'd be in the game and we look up and there'd be like sixteen minutes to go in the game. Man, this game for forever to go. I, right, sixty I think, minutes is a lot of time. I think I'll jack up a twenty-four footer here. <laughs> <laughs> Talk. But, I uh, mean, nothing, not for nothing. For a while in Iowa, they were playing three on three. Yeah, high school, women's three on three. You had a defensive team, an offensive team. Didn't cross half court. So basically, it was six on six. That, that's probably how the the horse racing Twitter basketball challenge is going to go. Three on three, half guys go across half court. I think it's kind of silly though that that everybody's getting you know all up in arms because of. Women's basketball taunting. <laughs> I mean, you kind of said it during, you know, on Twitter, how that's like one of the best things that's that's happened for this game. Of that, kidding? If if the game just ended and everybody shook hands, no one would talk about it today, right? It, it, they would. You know what they would have talked about? They would have talked about the disgraceful job that the referees did. And they did a terrible job. You cannot call 500 fouls like they did. You cannot have all of the teams foul trouble with 10 minutes to go in the game. It wasn't as though they were, like, you know, uh, overly aggressive or anything like that. I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, they were on a full-court press trapping and, 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 you know, hacking. And it it just – it just was – they just – they're just – this happened. <laughs> You're disgusted. It, it, it was just disgusted. kind of like it was just kind of one of those things. Like, I mean, I'm not a big women's basketball fan, but it was on, and you know, all these people talking about the girl who plays for Iowa Clark, who is really good. 
and you know she plays. I, I know this is sexist, but she plays like a guy. She looks like a guy. She doesn't have that. Um, she's just got a flow to her game, and she's a great passer. She's a great shooter. I mean, she's a really good player. Um, I wouldn't want to have to guard her, but uh, now the refs really blew the game. And then afterwards, like, come on, who cares? No, so what? The girl taunted her. She didn't slap her. You know, she didn't give her a, a suplex. Although, that would have been nice to see. It's just like everybody's like, I, I mean, listen, if you're a player, you played basketball, you played against people who, you know, were, were you heard about a guy came with a reputation. Look, look at what the what Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen did to Tony Kuko. He was on their team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't want all these old white people like saying, "Oh my God, sportsmanship and this and that." Yeah, and they, they, that's say, like the key. Hey, who's the, who's know. the greatest player? Oh, Michael Jordan. Well, did you watch the show? Did you watch? You talk about thing. sportsmanship and respect. Did you watch what he did? He he tortured people. <laughs> he right. was the best player by far, and he let everybody know it every single day of every single game. <laughs> In that, practice. That's the thing right there, is that, you know, a lot of it's selective. Um, but like you said, you know, when you said it, you said it best, it was like nobody cares. They, they were just competitors, and, and the people that get butt hurt by those kind of things, you could tell they, they weren't people that played any any anything competitive. Like classless, who cares, man? Like it's sports, you know, you'll man. see them on the court again. You know, at least from a player's perspective. Like, oh, we'll see you again. This isn't the last time we're gonna be playing. Like, you know, especially those two. They're gonna be playing at the next level. They're gonna see each other again. Exactly. Strife causes interest. I'll give you the perfect example. Perfect example. The New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks are now rivals. <laughs> I have been a New York Knicks fan for 40 years. And I got to tell you, outside of the, the games the other, you know, a couple of years ago in the playoffs against Trey Young when the Knicks kind of out, <clears throat> I don't remember any Hawks Knicks games of any note at all. We were, they were never rivals with the Hawks ever. You know why they're a rival with the Hawks? Because Celtic. Trey Young taunted oh, the that's entire right. city of New York. Yeah, he did. The ice tray. I mean, he taunted. He didn't just taunt the other players. He taunted everyone. He did. And everybody ate it up. And you know what it done? It's create interest. Every time the Knicks, uh, the, the Hawks come, and the Hawks are not a good team. <laughs> oh, Sorry, <yeah>. Swift. <laughs> Trey Young. But, uh, I mean, they, are the, they are the definition of mediocrity. It's literally. Knicks, Hawks games are now lit. Yes. Because of that. Because of the strife. Because of the, the taunting. Because of the, the back and forth. It, it it 
it just this is twenty twenty three, man. This is how things go. Yeah, and the people that are upset just never played sports. That's really what it comes down to. Ask yourself this. If those two teams played match maybe in a in a in an early season match or whatever, mm-hmm. would you be more likely to watch it because of yeah, that? Yes, absolutely. A thousand percent. If someone said, "Oh, they're, they're going to have a rematch between Iowa and uh, um, LSU in in uh, some girls basketball tournament equivalent of the, well, the what's f- the early thing they play in Honolulu oh, or Hawaii?" Oh yeah, yeah, the Maui Invitational. Right, something. right. I would be like, "Who cares?" I know it's girls basketball. Well, now I would first. Now you'd be like, "Well." Yeah, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, and I, I first would want to see what the LSU coach was gonna be wearing. In addition to looking for someone to talk smack and raise their game to another level. No, no, I mean honestly, just this is no lie. She should get a technical for that that outfit. Yeah, that one, that one, that that one was probably the second worst one I've seen from her. She, she looked like she was uh, was that one. flamingo nonsense she had on, and yeah. you know you she, can't she let her like around the... CJ Johnson because his yeah, horse might yeah. step on her. I was gonna say, thank God CJ's horse wasn't around; he would have trampled her. But <laughs> I saw someone put the she, she looked like Siegfried Roy's sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's but true. but I mean the truth is this: we're talking women's basketball, and we don't even like it. it it's just so so many people need this feel that need for that <clears throat> superiority, and and it, you know what it is? It's just being judgy. You're just judging. You're judging people. You want to judge them? Oh well, she shouldn't have done that. And you, oh well, the other girl didn't do this. But who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not, it, it's basketball. Right to me, it made it fun for nobody. You know. Nobody in the world, nobody in the history of basketball, talked more shit than Larry Bird. <laughs> they they have there's you go on YouTube, go on YouTube, put Larry Bird trash talk, and there's twelve million videos. The best one is is when Xavier McDaniel, who was a tough guy, <laughs> he tried to sw- <laughs> he tried to strangle Wes Matthews' dad. <laughs> um. And he, and he tells them, you know, Bird says, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go here. I'm going to post you up. They're going to give me the ball. I'm going to shoot a fadeaway. It's going to be right, you know, right in your face. Ain't nothing you can do about it, and that'll be it. And, of course, he went out, and he did it, except he left a second to go. And and and, and he shook his head, and he said, man, I, I was supposed to go with, with no time left. But... <laughs> No, people are all judgy, man. Stop judging everybody. It's just too much exposure. Oh, to... I think it's classless. Who cares? Who cares what you think? You don't. Too much exposure to social media. But, everybody you know, gets riled up and turns into old men and women that just complain about everything. Oh, good sportsmen. Oh, you know, same people. Oh my God, the NIL. Oh my God. The... <laughs> right. Yes, those are the same people. Guys are leaving, and it's all because of money and this and that. Well. Let me ask you something. If you had a job and someone else was willing to pay you four times as much, would you keep the same job? That... No, you'd leave too. And, and you got to remember too, a lot of these guys are not making, they're not making big money. 
I read something over the weekend that was saying NIL deals for most mid level. Yeah, schools, they get like five dollars for sending somebody a, a, a text message or something. It, it, it's stupid it's like, like that. It's it's, it's nuts. It's between it's between six and eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Which is not nothing, but it's well, not you know, it's Taco not Bell money for people to start like, you know. I I remember when I was at Arizona. And I was in the football dorm my freshman year. Well, my freshman year, my first year there, which I was already a junior. But with some of the football players, because we used to play basketball. Brewski in the gym. Um, not Brewski was after me, but um, it was crazy the list that they would give them of things that they cannot do. Like they could not go to a pizza like the the local you know pizza parlor across the road. Um, out the back gate. Well, not the gate, but anyways. Uh, they couldn't get a free piece of pizza. If the guy right. said, hey, you no can't problem. give them a slice. No, it's on us. No worries. And and back then, you're talking for a piece of pizza. Couldn't take what? it. What? When was this? Yeah, couldn't take it. Wait, wait. You said you've been... Wait, wait. Let's back this up. You said you were a, a, a Knicks fan for 40 years. So how is that possible when you're only 41? I came out of came out came out of the womb, and Knicks fan. <laughs> but the, but that was the thing; you couldn't take a piece of pizza. Remember the controversy in Ohio State because the guys got free tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah they 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 got they got a the death penalty almost for that, didn't they? Yeah, tattoos, tattoos. Oh, they sold their tickets. Well, they gave them to them. Didn't uh, the guy that played at Tennessee? What's his name? Arian Foster. Didn't he say something about him, the coach buying them Taco Bell and it turned into this whole big yeah. thing? I mean, it's it's just the NCA is a is a corrupt group of scumbags. And <laughs> they are. That's what they are. They're scum. They're garbage. They're just they're bad people and they deserve everything they get. And now they're being made to be fools because they've been uh, you know, engaging in, in semi criminal behavior for decades. Of course, all the people, all the old people, oh, I liked it better. Yeah, I liked it better in the old days. Yeah, well, that's fine, but it's it's not the old days anymore. And Nebraska can't have two hundred guys on scholarship. And 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 oh, lo and behold, they're no good anymore. But it, it's just the reality is this: is that people don't put themselves in, and you know they don't put them that they would take. Like if you're at a small mid-major school, and a bigger school offers you a hundred thousand dollars to go there, well, why wouldn't you go? You're not going to make the NBA because you know. And that's the other thing. Everyone saw the one and done. How many one and dones are there? <laughs> Where are that many? I, I watch NBA games every single night, and I can tell you how many one and dones actually like make it to the league and and, and get you know real contracts, like maybe five every year you know the rest of the guys they wound up on the bench and then they just got uh the guy that nicks drafted last year they, they just gave him away they let his contract expire they, they well, look at uh they look, at guy, they didn't, they didn't want, no look at my guy noah he, he that's what he did he went to indiana for a year came out and he's he's struggling to stay in the league yeah i mean there's very few guys that that you know you just go to call. I'm just going to go one year, and then I'm going to get drafted. Yeah, you can get drafted, but half the guys that get drafted now in the second round are foreigners. 
because the teams don't want to be committed to spending the money to have to pay the contract. So they'll draft and stash a guy. They'll they'll, they'll draft a a guy that's playing in Europe and wait not have yeah and wait, his wait contracts wait. up yeah because now they have his now they have his rights and and they can wait a couple of years before they have to do anything with it. So you know it, it just isn't it's just it's just not that many guys. It was one of the reasons probably why this year that a lot of the big schools didn't get that far is that a lot of the best players, they aren't even playing in college anymore. I mean, the number one pick in the draft is going to be the the seven foot five guy. Wemby. Who dunked a, 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 a miss three the other day, his own miss three on a putback. Sick with it. Which is something I, I hadn't seen ever before, but. Um, you know, the second pick is probably going to be uh, Henderson, who plays in the G League. G League, yeah. So uh, I think I think like at the top ten, there's like five of the guys are going to college, and a bunch of them, you know, got eliminated already. You know, the Alabama guy, he, he's who played terrible in the tournament, by the way. The guy, the 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 guy that delivered the gun. <laughs> he sees the wheel man. He was the wheel man. He he was shooting like the brick man in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mason. <laughs> Went from wheel man to mason. Man. But uh but anyways. Anyways, thanks. We want to appreciate uh, the work done by our friend, the Time Lord, and <clears throat> he screwed up the Derby, Time Lord. <laughs> you screwed the Derby up, my friend. His fault. You should have left it alone. <laughs> Can't get his Time Lord privileges revoked for a few days. What about the guy on Twitter today that said, what, are you a timing expert now? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Yes, well, yeah. Kind of it is. His nickname is Time Lord, so I don't know. If you were in a court case and you needed an expert witness on timing thoroughbred horse races, I mean, who else would you call but the Time Lord? I wonder if they'd swear him in as the Time Lord. They have to, right? Yeah. Of course, it's it's not like you're, you know, like they announce you like it's a basketball game. They should. 6-3. Formerly in Maryland. <laughs> a hardened Baltimore Orioles fan. <laughs> now. <laughs> the spy who follows Chet Holmgren. <laughs> and Poku. Poku. Serial pickleball player and timing expert. Word. <laughs> Yo, pickleball around here is serious business. Just saying. It looks too hard for me. I can't I can't mess with pickleball. Yeah, you gotta run. I don't wanna run. I'm going to harness track tomorrow, by the way. Saratoga harness, I'll be there. No snow. It's warm out there, nah, isn't it? It's, it's over spring's here, kind of, sorta. I can't tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's one thing I, I since I've moved to Florida is I can't I don't know where that line is anymore of when it kind of turns
turns. I can tell you that it's always it's always warm. So speaking from experience, when you 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 move back here for a while, you learn to appreciate fifty degrees. See in Florida. 50 degrees. I, I don't know. I don't want to appreciate 50 It's a degrees. dirty word. It's a dirty word in Florida. It is. That's cold, bro. Here, 50 is like it's like the, the, the Mason-Dixon line of, of winter. Winter's underneath that's in the 40s, and spring is, is in the 50s and up. So you get to 50, and it, it's like a mental thing. Like, if you see the forecast is going to be in the 50s, then you're just like, <clears throat> we're, 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 we're good, man. We're on the way. Trust me, I, I, We're on I the have way. little recollection of my time not in Florida. I want to erase that from my memory. Mm, yeah, Especially the temperatures, me. like the, the minus twos. Believe me, I, I the wind chill. Uh, I don't I don't know what that is. That area of my brain that used to deal with cold temperatures and bad weather, I'd put it in a coma, but I had to like revive it. Bring it back. The, it came back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, supposed to rain. No thanks. But um, but anyways, well, happy your weekend went well, and uh, for everyone out there, we got the final round of the preps coming up next week. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. There's a chance. I don't know if it's a good chance or not. The chance I'm, I may be going to Aqueduct for the wood. What? You never know. Could happen. Hey, it might be last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could place be. is open. Yeah, yeah. That might be that might be a good move. It's closing is making that psycho uh, EMD MD the guy that hates jockeys. Jesus, he is like losing his mind over this. I can tell you though, if if he gets on your case, just keep sending him uh, gifts. Gifts. You can. <laughs> gifts are his kryptonite. It drives him crazy. Knows himself. He can't comment on them. He can just, you know. That's so great. Got to remember the chief used to say, "You got to handicap your riders." Yeah, but then you just get Jerry Bailey. You got to handicap your trolls. If you're going to be on horse racing Twitter, you got to learn to handicap the trolls. You got to learn. You gotta learn how to handicap. Oh, you, that's true, though. It you makes your definitely life definitely do. It makes your life better. You can't yeah. just be hit throw to block. You can't just block. You can't be the Kemi Matumbo and just block, block, block. Because then you know what happens? You get in these. Uh, right. these you gotta be able to where, block, where block and dunk three quarters of the people. Then you gotta set up a burner just to go because you're interested to see what they're saying. But, anyways. That's next week's Twitter uh, horse racing Twitter uh, tips. Twitter tutorial. Twitter mm-hmm. tutorial on how to deal with the maybe that's what we should do is is make a segment every week on horse racing Twitter advice this week in idiotic horse racing Twitter actually the gallop out the problem oh, would be bad. that it would take half the show every time the gallop out yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it's been real it has as as always we thank everyone for listening we, we made it almost two hours if you're working out while listening to us well hey congratulations you're gonna live longer because of us 
who else has that show? You know, who else has a show that, that promotes who, health? Who, who, who does that? This is a health promote promoting and show. On top of everything else. That's right. That's right. You work. You do the workouts for us. Thank you very much. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Big week next week. Yes, sir. Adios.